0: Well, come to the end of our series on Holy Spirit, the help. Holy Spirit, the help. I don't know about you, but this has been a good series. I'm telling you, this has been a good series. I've liked it. It's stirred me up. What... Well, my purpose was in, in teaching this, what I felt God showed me is that with most people that are born again, it's not, the question isn't whether there is a Holy Spirit. The question is, is the Holy Spirit here to be a part of our life every single day? And my chair that we've had here in this, in this service These last, what is it, six weeks, I think it's been. This chair represents that place for the Holy Spirit. In other words, creating an awareness of the fact that He's here. And I've encouraged you to have your chair at your house or have something that causes you to be challenged that the Holy Spirit is here and He's with you and He's here to help you. And again, and I've said this in most of the services, I'm telling you today No matter what you think, you need help. Just, you know, it's just plain and simple. You and I need help. We were not created to exist on planet earth and do it ourselves. We weren't created to do it. And the harder we try to do things on our own, the worse it gets. We need help. And we need the helper helping us. It's his job, it's his position, it's his name, the helper. He's also the comforter, he's also the one that stands by you. He's also your advocate, your attorney. He's many, many things, but I believe in this series that we gave him the name, the helper, because I couldn't think really of a better name that describes what he's on this planet for. He's here to reveal all truth to you. And He is the helper. Amen? So, I told you in the last two or three messages that on this day, we were going to pray for people to be what the Bible says, baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And so, I'm going to take this time today to explain to you what the bible says is very clear about this experience it's not another holy spirit it's it's a, it's another experience beyond being born again and some people teach it some people believe it but but I, i'm telling you today the reason that i can't allow even even if it might make people a little uncomfortable. The reason I can't allow this to go by without teaching it on a regular basis is because I don't know where I'd be without the Holy Spirit activated in my life. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've walked through some difficult things, but if I'd have walked through those things without the Holy Ghost, I, I don't even want to imagine what that's like. And, and, and so much continues to cause the passion to be on the inside of me to teach the Word and sow the seed of the Word and teach truths like this so that people can have what God has given to me. But God's no respecter of person. He's just a, he's a respecter of people that will have faith and believe Him for things that His Word reveals. And, and it's simple. The problem with at least, I, I've been saved for over 35 years, and when, when I came into the church. Um, it wasn't, it was maybe a year or two or so after I got born again that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, and I, I just have to say that that a lot of the experiences that people had uh, were just kind of weird. And, and I'm not saying that your experience was weird. I'm just talking about where I was, the experiences and how people were led into being baptized in the Holy Spirit was just outright weird. And and if that offends you or whatever, I'm sorry, but I'm just telling you the absolute truth because I saw a lot of people going through those kind of things, but there was no victory in their life. There was no connection to God. It's not about an experience. It's about receiving what the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. And it's about receiving it and then letting it be a part of your life and it making the difference. And what it does is it activates the awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life on a day-to-day basis. And And I think that in the church world, for the most part, that's what's lacking is the awareness of Him there to help us. So that we don't have to figure things out on our own. You weren't created to raise your kids on your own. You weren't created to try to make a living on your own. You were not created on this earth to exist on this earth to attempt to be a husband or a wife on your own. You have a helper. He won't do it for you. You know, Holy Spirit does not want to have the relationship with your wife or your husband. He wants you to, but he wants to help you and teach you how how, how that's going to work because Father God created marriage... You know, he created children, and he's got the blueprint how to raise them and how to develop right relationships. But if you don't let him help you and be a part of that, he can't do anything about it. And you can have this book, that has every answer to every issue that you'll ever face on planet earth. But if you don't have Holy Ghost in your life, and you don't have him as a real person, as a friend, as, as the third part of the, of the Godhead that is here to reveal all truth to you and reveal things that are to come in your life, if you don't have him activated and working, then this book is a dead letter. There are things that I see in here that I know other people that don't see what I see, but it did not bother me. Because there are things that they see that I don't see, you know, and, and it shouldn't bother them. People that fight over this is because they don't have the helper. You should never fight over this, ever. There's no reason to argue. And Paul had it all figured out. He said, I consider it a very little thing that I'm judged by you because I'm, I don't even judge myself by myself. I judge myself by the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter if, if I'm teaching you something today that you don't agree with. That's okay. That's okay because I'm not going to teach you something that hasn't been revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to just teach you something that I read in a book. I've read lots of books and I've heard lots of many, many, many sermons I've heard people for years, over the last 35 years, teach on the, on, on the Holy Spirit. I've never heard anybody teach like I ta- taught the last six messages. Not exactly, because it's mine. I heard someone else teach it probably 30 years ago, and, and I first heard it then, and I've heard many, many other people teach on that, but now it's mine. Now it's a part of me, and I believe it. There was a day I wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost, today I am, and I believe it. You just have to take ownership of it. Amen? Amen. So, just follow with me in the next few minutes. We're just going to do a little review and then just talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what the Scripture says about it. So we started one of our foundational Scriptures in John 16. I just want to go through, and if you've been here for these messages, this is kind of repeating itself, but it's, it's good that we repeat ourselves and remember the things that are said. Here's Jesus to his disciples in verse 16. 16, uh, am I there right? Yeah, sixteen, sixteen. A little while and you will not see me. Again, a little while and you will see, and then in a little while you'll see me. You won't see me, then you'll see me because I go to the Father. And some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this that he says to us a little while and we'll see him, and, and then we won't see him because I go to the Father. And they said, therefore, what is this that... That's not the right scripture. I, 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 went, I went backwards on these. Go to verse uh, 7. Sorry. I wrote... I wrote the wrong scriptures down. I'm reading out of verse six, or chapter 16 and chapter 14. I'm reading the wrong verses. Look at verse 7 in chapter 16. That's good reading, though. Anyway, you, need, you needed to hear that. <coughs> verse 7. I just want verse 7 is all I was looking for. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Here's Jesus telling his disciples, for if I do not go away, the helper Will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Here, here's, here's the only guy in the last 400 years that has produced any, mir- any miracle of any significance, and I mean, it's by the droves. I mean, it's, it's coming in by the droves, the manifestation of miracles, and all of a sudden he tells his disciples, It's gonna be to your benefit that I leave here. And they're going, Say what? You leave, and then what? But, he said, but he's telling him, I'm going to send you the helper that's helping me to do this. I'm not, I haven't done this on my own. He lived for 30 years and didn't produce one miracle. But then when the helper got on the inside of him and started to help him, he, he, it had to, he had to be the perfect example so you and I could follow in his footsteps. And so the helper helped him. Now he's going to send the helper that's helping him to help us so that we can do the same things he did. Right? He said, it's to your advantage. Chapter 14 and verse 16. There's the 16. I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you... How long? Forever. What forever means is that He'll never leave you nor forsake you at all. Verse 17. Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Spirit of truth, the helper, revealing all truth. I'll send Him to you. He's a person. He's going to give you all that you need. He's going to reveal all the things. He's going to comfort you and help you. He's going to be your attorney, your advocate. He's going to stand by you when no one else. He's going to be your strength when nothing else works. Right? This is the guy that Jesus said was being sent. And he's a guy because he's a he. He, the Holy Spirit. I said, he, the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's a person to you and I. He, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you, to, I want you today, especially those of you that are going to be prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, I want you to think about, because in the last five messages... There's there's a number of things that we've talked about, but I want to focus on these six. Um, These are six things that, that the Holy Spirit does for us when we activate Him. Number one, we're built up. Jude 20, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Put that Jude 20 up there for me. Jude 20, or verse 20, it's not chapter 20, it's chapter 1, 2, 3, or 4. Uh, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Spirit. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us is He builds us up. But, but it's, He doesn't just build you up just because. He builds you up because you pray in the Spirit and 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 the awareness when your eyes open every morning you know maybe for a while you need to put a chair right by your bed to remind you you know he he, he he's not sitting in the chair per se i mean he is cuz he's everywhere at all times he's not necessarily sitting in the chair but the chair makes you aware of the fact that he's here when your eyes open And your mind may be thinking about something else. He wants to help you with whatever whatever the issue, the problem is that you're faced with. And if there's fear that's gripping your mind when you wake up, He wants to help you with that fear. He wants to help you destroy it in your life. The Holy Spirit never helps somebody cope with anything. There's no coping mechanism in God whatsoever. The word annihilation is what defines God. He annihilates everything that is not Him. And He's already done it. And He accomplished it at Calvary through what Jesus, the price that that Jesus paid for you and I. Amen? The second thing, and these these are just a few of the things that He does, but the second thing that we've talked about is that He helps us to hear the voice of the Spirit. He helps us to hear the voice of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14. He helps us to hear the voice of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding or my mind is unfruitful. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. He helps me, the Holy Spirit helps me to hear what he's trying to say to me versus what all the other voices are trying to say. And if you don't believe you've got voices in your head, you're deceived. you got all kinds of voices, things talking to your head. That's why you got to actively be being built up in the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit by praying in tongues to be able to bring every thought that you have captive. But when we pray in tongue, our spirit is praying and it's built up, but our mind is unfruitful. You can't think fearful thoughts and pray in the holy ghost at the same time because praying in the holy ghost is going to shut it down but then in the verse there in in uh, I'm going to look at it myself in the passage in 1 Corinthians 14 it actually says in verse 15 What is the conclusion then? I will pray in the Spirit, and then I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit and sing with the understanding. But he said, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. The conclusion is this. I pray with the Spirit, and then I'll pray with the understanding. So one of the benefits is that we are able to hear His voice, And what He's conveying to us, because what He's revealing is this. And what is this? This is the heart of the Father. The whole book is the will and the heart of the Father. And that's what He's here to reveal to you. When your mind wants to say something else, when circumstances, when your past trying to dictate your future by saying things that go contrary to the word, the Holy Spirit will help you to understand what your future looks like. And I promise you, there's, there's at least a dozen scriptures that I know of that tell you that your future is bright. Your destiny is bright. God didn't create losers. No matter what you've ever done, no matter what issues that you've ever faced, no matter what mistakes that you've ne- ever made, God has never made a loser. That's right. And your future is bright. Come on, someone shout amen, somebody. We're not losers in the house. Can you say amen? Third thing that the Spirit does for us or helps us with, and this is found in Romans 8 and verse 26. It helps us to know how to pray about things that we don't know how to pray about. And man, come on, man! That that's if you were, if you if you took a poll in Christianity of one of the most difficult things that faces every Christian, and it's knowing how to pray about specific situations. How do you pray about that? Tanya, man, he'll help you. He'll show you how to pray about something. Cause see. If somebody's sick in their body, for you to pray a scripture of finance over them, I mean, you know, well, that's the only scripture I knew. Well, but okay, maybe he'll use it. But that's not directing the scriptures at a given situation. And God wants you to direct your scriptures and the words that you pray and the things that you pray. He wants your prayers to be direct and to the point. And I tell you, you can't do that on your own. I don't, I don't care how eloquent that you think you are. You're not strong enough and good enough and know enough in how to pray directly for specific situations. And I'm just telling you, you need His help. And the, scripture, the two scriptures in 1 Corinthians we just read, our mind's unfruitful, we don't know how to pray, not sure how to deal with this situation, but when we pray in other tongues, then we pray with, the conclusion is you pray in tongues, then you pray with the understanding. The understanding of what? About how to pray in English. Dang. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here today if someone hadn't taught me that 30 plus years ago. I, I, I couldn't, I could not have made it. Had I not had the ability to pray in the Spirit, and then as I'm praying in the Spirit, things begin to come to me. And what came to me was from this book that I had had purposed to deposit on the inside of me. See, the Holy Spirit won't reveal to you things just in the natural to try to answer spiritual issues. He's going to reveal the truth of this. That's why, see, in here, it doesn't say, in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it doesn't say, okay, Bert, do this. It didn't say that. But all through the Scriptures, it says, whosoever. Whosoever. Say, I'm a whosoever. So now you're in it. See, whosoever. Whosoever will do this, whosoever will believe, whosoever will be born again, whosoever will do my word and apply my word, then the Holy Spirit can reveal what is real, what it really means for you. Because there's things in Scripture here that God's trying to get over to me and then to Chad and then to Brian and to... to Each and every one of you that are in here is trying to get different things over to us. But what he's saying to me may not be exactly what he's saying to the next person. That's why we need him. And he'll help you personally. Hmm? He's personally been released to equip you in the design of your life and the things that you need that's not necessarily what your neighbor needs. But man, he personally knows what you need. I'm telling you. So we know how to pray. Number four, look at James chapter 3. I like this. This is just a... This isn't necessarily something that we talked a lot about over the last few weeks, but it's absolutely true. Holy Spirit helps us to control our tongue. And you go back and read this passage, but look at um, James 3 and verse 6. and It says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. I mean, it's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a wretched-sounding Scripture, right? But it's true. But this is is the deal about the tongue. But look at verse 8. No man can tame the tongue. It's unruly. It's full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in in the similitude or in the image of God. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, it ought not be this way. And you know what? It didn't have to be. Because the Bible says that no man can tame the tongue. But the Holy Ghost in you can. As He's activated, as He's working, as you are made aware of Him in your life, you can shut your tongue down. Isn't it amazing? You can come and sit here, and you can listen to this today, and you can leave here, and if you're not aware of the Holy Spirit making you aware of what you're doing, you can go sit in a restaurant and eat lunch somewhere. And, and if you're listening to a message right now and you're going to go to a restaurant, just be ready for some waitress or waiter to push your buttons. I mean, you're set up. And you're sitting at the table, and they've taken, you know, 45 seconds to come back and fill your tea glass up. And all of a sudden, man, you're just irritated because they didn't go. And all of a sudden, out of your mouth, you know what the crud's wrong with that girl, huh? You know that'll that fire her right now. That'll get somebody that can be responsible and do their stinking job. Here I am paying good money, rah, 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 and and we just talked about this. I mean, it's amazing how quick it can be out of your mouth. And then you know, after you leave and nobody's around you, and you decide to pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit says, "What was it you said about that waitress?" What'd I say? That's how unaware that we are of his presence. When you go into a restaurant, you got to pray. God, I'm telling you, you're going to go to HEB, you need to pray. (laughs) Somebody's going to push your buttons. Hmm? I don't care where you go. I mean, your feet, you, you let your feet come out of your bed, you need to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Because there's things and situations and stuff that's going to happen and crop up. What are you going to do about it? I'm telling you, you, you better have the helper activated. Well, man, crap, I don't need all that kind of help. God gave me a brain, I can figure it out for myself. That's the dumbest thing you ever said in your life. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, that, that's ignorance gone to seed. <laughs> and, and it'll produce a harvest. And you'll go around thinking you can handle it all by yourself, and you weren't created to handle it on your own. We weren't. We're not stupid people. God didn't make stupid. But you look stupid when you try to do it on your own. That's right. God gave us a helper. He's got to be activated. I like this verse of scripture right here. Fifth thing that he does, Isaiah 28. Isaiah twenty-eight and verse eleven. the fifth thing that he does is he brings rest and refreshing verse 11 for with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people to whom he said this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing what? what? Stammering lips in another tongue. That's where rest and refreshing come from. There is rest and refreshing in the presence, in the presence of God. In, in a moment, in a moment, in a moment's notice, when you shut your head off and you activate the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you activate him by praying in other tongues. Rest and refreshing is what the Bible says will come to you. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor, I, I, I've prayed at times, but I haven't felt no rest. You gotta expect it. These are things that, if the Bible says that's what comes, then it comes. Right. Yep. You know, maybe not if you tarry for thirty seconds, but maybe you know, try about five minutes and see what happens. Things can happen. I'm telling you, things will happen because God is true and He can't lie. Right. Amen? And then the sixth thing. The sixth thing. And this, this is the greatest thing, I think. Well, I mean, all the other things are great, but this is what it produces. The sixth thing that the Holy Spirit does for us is causes us, if we activate Him, to receive revelation knowledge. And 1 Corinthians 14.2 You remember, as as we've read this many times, but you you remember the scripture in uh, Matthew 16 where Jesus told his disciples, on this rock I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What? The rock of revelation of who God is in us. That rock of revelation is what he'll build his church on that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Watch this, verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, how be it, however, in the Spirit he speaks what? Mysteries. Mysteries. Things that are hidden. See, in this book, in this book right here, this, this, this is Print. And the only difference in this book and the Webster's Dictionary is that this one has potential of revelation coming out of it that will deliver your life, and the Webster's doesn't. See, this is just a book of knowledge. And there's millions of copies of this book that sit on shelves all over the world, and nothing happens. Because the pages here have to explode through what the helper does in revealing to us what it means for us. On that rock of revelation, I'll build my church and hell can't prevail. I'm telling you today, hell can't prevail against you if you wake up every day. See, it's not how how good at it you are, how good you look at it or anything else, but just do it. And don't quit. And if you don't quit, you reap. Just make yourself more aware every day of your life of the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Now, in the next about 10 minutes, I just want you to see if you're here today and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you just need to know these things. These several things here you need to know today. Everything that we've taught in the past uh, five weeks, six weeks today. And then these specific truths. John 3, 7 says, number one, that you must be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, marvel not that I tell you, you must be born again. You're born one time of the water of the womb. You're born the second time of the Spirit. You must be born again. And if a person is born again, then according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, old things are passed away and everything is brand new right now. Right now, today. If you've been saved for 30 years, you need to hear that. You need to hear that old things are passed away and everything is brand new right now. That's the God we serve. He's not... His focus is not on what you've done in the past. His focus is on where you're at today and what are you going to do in the future. That's where his focus is. Amen? Number one, you must be born again. If you're born again, then you're a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not baptism of water. It's you being immersed in the activity and the release of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Not that he's not there, he's there if you're born again. But then you want him to work on your behalf. And understanding the working of the Holy Spirit in you is something that all you have to do is acknowledge that it's true because of the scriptures I'm reading and will read here in a moment, and then by faith you receive it. Not that you understand how it works. If you try to understand how it works, your mind will cut you off from being able to receive this gift that is from God. It's a beautiful thing. It's a very simple, simple thing. So God has given, two things I want you to to understand right here. God has given, according to John 14, 16, and 17, God has given the Helper, the Holy Spirit, right? And then according to Luke chapter 11, let's look at that just for a second, Luke chapter 11, I'm going to read this, but it would be good for you to just see this. Just watch this as I read this. Luke chapter 11 and verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? What's the answer to that? What's the answer to that, father's? No, you wouldn't get your If, if your son asks for a piece of bread and you're going to give him a stone, eat that, stupid. <laughs> Not a good father, right? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? Instead of a fish? Answer is no. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Not a good father. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, read it, watch it as we're reading it, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Some people say, well, well, he's... He's talking about salvation. No, he would have talked about salvation there. When he talked to Nicodemus, he talked about being born again. He's talking here about the Holy Spirit working in that person's life the way that the Holy Spirit was working in his life. So how much more will the Holy Spirit give to those who ask him? Okay? So, Father's given the Holy Spirit, now you and I have to receive Him. He gave Him, my job is to receive Him. I receive Him. And what we want is to receive the activation. So, in Romans 8, look at these verses of Scripture. So, Father gave Holy Spirit, you and I are to receive Him. Romans 8 and verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps. The Spirit helps our weaknesses, things that we can't do. You weren't created to do it all. So, He helps you when you're weak and you can't do for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with what? With groanings which cannot be uttered. Not not in words that are heard by the wisdom of man or natural words, but by groanings, by praying in the Spirit. So the Spirit helps us by praying in the Spirit. So, My spirit and his spirit are one, and so he helps me, but the groanings come out of me. See, the Holy Spirit is not a person in the form of a physical body. The Holy Spirit is now connected to my human spirit, and the two of us are one, and the groanings are released as he helps me to do it. So God's given Holy Spirit, I'm here to receive it, and then I allow the Holy Spirit to help me to release in praying in other tongues. Very simple. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. And verse 12. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak... Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, I'm going to read verse 13 in the Amplified because I believe that it defines it the best. Verse 13 in the Amplified says, and we are setting these truths forth, these spiritual truths forth, in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, watch, combining and interpreting spiritual truths, like we were talking about earlier, with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. See, we are not receive the Spirit of the world. The spirit of the world will teach us things in the natural We've received the Spirit that is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us. Combining spiritual truths, taking spiritual truths through a a spiritual language and interpreting, interpreting the things that God wants you and I to know. That's how you're benefited. That's how we live up here and not down here. That's how we allow the helper to help us instead of trying to figure it all out on our own and do things all on our own. And I'm a self made man. I'm self made. I'm me made, you know? And I'm telling you, there's major flaws in your self made world. And God wants you set free of that so that He can help you and create you and establish you the way He had planned for you even before you were. Amen? Awesome. Now, these last two examples that I want to give you are found in the book of Acts and then we'll end with this. Where am I going? What the wrong direction. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come They were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Spirit didn't speak it for them, Spirit gave it to them, and they received it. And they, they spoke out in other tongues. 10th chapter, 44th verse. Chapter 10 and verse 44. <clears throat> this is Peter. We won't go into the whole story, but this is Peter at Cornelius' house where the Gentiles first got saved, where you and I first got saved right here, <clears throat> if you're not a Jew. Verse 44. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They were baptized there in the Holy Spirit, and they were filled with, And they spoke with other tongues. And then in chapter 19 of Acts. And verse 1. Acts 19 and verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. that Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples he said to them. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words when you got born again. So they said to him. We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's John's baptism. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after them, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were water baptized. And when Paul laid his hands on them, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, And they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So, they were born again. This was the beginning of the church. Then they were water baptized. And then you see here, then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit as Paul laid his hands on them with the evidence of praying in other tongues. You can see so clearly today the things that the Scripture says about how, how, that the experience in the Word of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from being born again. First, you must be born again, and then second, to activate your awareness of the Holy Spirit in a greater way than you've ever been able to. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you begin to pray in other tongues. And it's not something that's weird, and it's not something strange, and it's not something that overtakes you where you have no control of what's going on in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there may be experiences and times when something like that happens where you feel something in your body, I'm not taking away from that. But what this is about is receiving what He's given. How much more does your Heavenly Father desire to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit? How much more? I'm telling you today, he wants you to have it. Amen?